The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. lovelies welcome to another edition of the streaking the line podcast we've got a full house here this evening uh but my name's pierce as it usually is and as i usually do caroline is with me hi hi how are I got you already early dog barking so that's just gonna have to Woo. making <laughs> a, a triumphant return to the podcast is will campbell will hello How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I have moved the baby monitor out of the room, so oh, that shouldn't man. be a problem tonight. You man, are the dog is out of the room. <laughs> your, your fatherhood, and we've got Paul with us as well. Paul, hello. What's up? I have I have no other living beings with me in the house, so we, oh, we're both all alone. Aww. Okay, and at, least, at, least we're, at least we're together. In that. that was a nice pause for like <laughs> sadness. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got plenty to talk about uh we've got a couple big wins for the who's last week on the podcast so you know we were saying we hope they take care of business because this week's going to be tough so uh let's talk a little about those big wins where the who's did take care of business and uh then we're going to talk about the upcoming major games uh this week for sure particularly tomorrow night's virginia tech game but I want to talk BC and Q's. Um, let's let's run down some some highs and lows. Uh, Paul, what did you see oh, in that BC game? Did anything really stick Pierce, out to you? Hey Pierce, can I correct you? We didn't play Q's. We played Clemson. Oh yeah, whatever. So yeah, I, I didn't really see anything from the Q's game. Um, <laughs> well, the, I asked you about the BC game. <laughs> Look, I get my old Big East teams mixed up. Uh, <laughs> so what I saw from the BC game is apparently Jay Huff is really bad at shooty hoops, and then uh, that opinion changed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, how dare you ever have that thought that is offensive <laughs> there's two reasons wills on the podcast this week y'all one he was at the game at clemson he's the one true fan i, I two, agree nobody on our blog i don't think is a bigger jay huff fan than will so but we're still talking about bc the unicorn cometh <laughs> so we'll talk about bc and uh, the bc game like it was one of those weird things that it felt really gross for a lot of that game. And then all of a sudden it's a massive blowout in the second half. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of those things that, yeah, it felt gross for the entire game and UVA's minimum win probability on Ken Palm was 85%. Um, So it's, you know, it's what it's, it's, I feel like it's one of those quintessential how we've gotten spoiled as Virginia fans games. That's like, Ooh, this is really close. We're only up eight on the road halfway through the first (laughs) half. Like it's, you know, um, so I, I feel like it's one of those, it's almost, 
I know this is a podcast and we're going to talk about it, but it's like almost kind of not worth talking about it. That is one of those lower tier <laughs> ACC games that, of course, Virginia should win and we should really only spend a bunch of time on it if they had lost. Well, you know, Boston College played them close last year, but obviously True. half of that guard duo uh, is gone. So not the same Eagles. And any road game is important, but I guess yeah. We, yeah. Well, we got the mom. That was the Mamadi Diakite trademark game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I love: is like each game we're getting pretty consistent play. I mean, people will say like, "Oh, DeAndre is not being aggressive enough," or "Time missed some shots," or whatever. And that's fair. Those are all things to look at. But Kyle continues to be just ridiculously awesome making shots, <laughs> and there's someone else that's doing things so we talked about Braxton Key the game before mm-hmm. against Florida State you look at Mamadi I think had 45 uncontested dunks against Boston College like there was a certain point where I felt kind of bad where I was like you guys should mark him like I don't know if you want to let him like get behind the defense like that and just he's really tall it's really easy to dunk it I don't know um but they just played and you're right it's a road game where good teams go to die at Conti Forum. <laughs> like, and they just good basketball goes to die. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> that's true. Um, and they just played really well, and it was a great win. It, almost like ho hum 27 point road win. In the <laughs> it is, it is ridiculous uh that, that it, you know we t- we take it as commonplace but i think we do a good job of acknowledging how, <laughs> how appreciative yeah, we are of the situation um the clemson game will you were there as as we mentioned and you know this this another important road win uh, against a team that we at least thought was better than Boston College. I was just looking there. Zero and three in the ACC. Clemson is to start. So yeah, they've played a pretty difficult schedule. Schedule to start yeah. with. They started off on the road at Duke, at Syracuse, and then hosting Virginia at home. And I mean, any team not in the top of the ACC is probably going to go at best one and two, maybe yep. zero and three. So I mean, that's a tough stretch for them to start. And they they ease up a little bit with Georgia Tech, and then they pick back up again with FSU. But I was I was quite nervous coming in just because they had played two tough road games. You thought they would be pretty pretty not I mean they wouldn't be confident, but they they would be motivated to try and get a W on the board, especially with the uh, the football championship going on across the street at their football stadium. So mm-hmm. my butt was certainly clenched until about <laughs> five minutes into the second half when they cavalanched on them. But it was not a pretty game to start with. That's for sure. Absolutely. It seemed like uh, we were going to hold them to single digits and we weren't going to score that many more uh, points ourselves. It, it was pretty ugly outside of Kyle Guy. Yeah, I think 11, 11 minutes through the first half, Clemson had like four points and I was sitting with two Clemson buddies of mine and I, I told them, I think you guys are on pace to score about 13 this game. And they said, yeah, whatever, shut up. <laughs> well, and the part of it was like, they didn't Virginia just didn't take advantage of some like easy shots. They had some stupid stuff for him out. Like Kyle actually missed two shots to start the game and I was like, Oh, he's broken. Um, but then he scored thirteen in the first half. Um it was such a weird game. The defense looked great, especially after letting some stuff happen in Boston College. And that was the thing that was like a pure Tony Bennett um post game comment up in Boston College. He held him like fifty six or something like that. And scored a whole bunch of points and he was like you know the defense just wasn't tight enough <laughs> so i think well, that, and it, it wasn't and for it the wasn't. first half or so yeah, and, and i percent yeah yeah and i think most virginia fans who watched the game would be like oh there's some really frustrating things on defense um and i think they did 
So that same span, Will, the 11 minutes or 12 minutes through the first half, Clemson was shooting 7% from the field. Yeah. That is yeah. so gross. I think they were – well, they shot – 16% from three for the whole game. And they, yeah. were at, they were at like 7% for most of the game. It was not, it was not pretty. Not good. No. What was it that really spurred that catalyst though, Paul? That's weird. I, I, I mean, it's, it's almost like there was a personnel change. Was it the giant 7-1 center that can shoot the three-point and dunk on people and block people flat-footed? Was it that guy? Wait, we have one of those? You will call him by his name. Call him by his name. Say his name. Mr. Hoof? The unicorn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I mean, fans have to be delighted to see Huff get some meaningful play, and, and not just meaningful against a, a decent opponent. You know, conference game, not during a blowout. But the fact that he came in and clearly was the spark, clearly was getting things done that that started the avalanche, that started, you know, what was a close game that looked like Clemson had momentum. And, and completely took it away from them uh, by dunking all over fools and, and hitting shots. I, do, I, mean, it I was, do. I'd had a few beers, but I, I was out of my seat. Watching. I do want to tone down a, a little. There, there was a his first couple possessions. This first one against Elijah Thomas, he got a little bit lucky with some rim outs on the defensive end. So I he again no, he was fantastic. No, no. <laughs> but there were a couple. Nice let's. I can't tell if Will is scolding his dog, his daughter, or Caroline. <laughs> it just he was outstanding, and I, and this is exactly what this team needs: is to have the versatility of like being able to go to Mamadi or Jay or and people don't want to believe like believe it yet, whatever. But Jack does bring some things, and each of those different looks is important to the yeah. offense. For Caroline, to be successful. Do you know why they need to have that depth, though? Because it's important to have depth in different no, looks. Because Jack fouls constantly, and they just only call You're it. Not- <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Jack no, gotta, and Braxton. Even really A. Smith uh, and that other guy situation going on. <laughs> I will say, I think it was really good. They did have a good play. Clemson dared Virginia to go to Jack Salt, and they did. And he's had seven points and eight rebounds. Um, which is what Braxton Key had. And if you're going to get that from Jack every game, I think everyone before the season started would take seven and eight from Jack every game. As long as there's one crushing uh, screen. <laughs> one screen to go with it. Yeah. yeah. No, what Jay- powers his game. <laughs> That's how he powers up. Um, Jay was outstanding. This, when he hit the three-pointer that, like, deadened on the basket and, like, rolled <laughs> forward in, I was like, oh, he's going to put up 25. Definitely his night, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, may, maybe a, not a negative, but, you know, some things that are continuing to creep uh, through the recent games. Uh, the first one's got to be DeAndre Hunter, who's having uh, his moments, but maybe not the lottery pick potential or or the offense should run through him or just – you know, we're still waiting for that. Every week I've been saying it, we're waiting for that game where he's going to take over and, and go for 25 or something crazy like that. Uh, it just seems like something's not there. Aggressive. I don't, wanna, I don't know I don't what wanna, to really put it on. I've Wiley and I talk about this quite a bit um, in the Slack channel about how 
frustrated we get with Virginia's offense at times and how mm-hmm. we sit at the UVA sits at the top of the key sometimes and just passes it around the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And I don't think DeAndre's I, I hate to say this because I like recruiting four and five stars as much as anybody, but <laughs> I just I don't know if uh, DeAndre Hunter player I don't know that he fits in the Virginia offense as much as we might want him to. Like Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome fits in it great because we're constantly run they're constantly running screens for them and they shoot the three. If you look up, if you watch DeAndre shoot a three, it's much more of a set shot. Mm-hmm. But he can get it off and we always hope that he drives it. I just I don't know if he has that aggressiveness, whereas somebody who is more aggressive might fit better in the De- in the DeAndre Hunter role. Yeah, I mean it's it's gotta take some of that whether it be aggression or the green light or just feeling comfortable that even if it's early in the shot clock, if you're solo at the top of the key with the defender, you think you can get by or at least make some movement happen, you know, make, make a, an adjustment. And there just seems to be a little too much. Uh, I don't know if just going through the paces to start the possessions too much. So I, I, my, I think something that, that contributes to sort of my frustration on that is that it, it's, it feels like the Virginia offense is designed more to get guys open to shoot than it is to create a mismatch that you can exploit. Absolutely. I, I've, I watch a lot of Michigan basketball. And what? I know. Oh, here we go. I, Talking about look, Paul's favorite I, team. Fine. <laughs> look at other offenses. They're, right. they're trying to run – screen game and and getting especially defenses against defenses that switch trying to get it so that they've got their point guard on the opposing center or they've got their center down low on a three or they've got guys in positions that they can either you know a a little guy can drive or fake the drive and then shoot over a big guy or they've got a matchup down low and it feels like the virginia there's nobody has the green light to run any sort of ISO set. So there's never the setup before it of trying to get them in a matchup where they've got a quickness advantage or they can, mm-hmm. they can use, use some sort of mismatch to, to their advantage. So I just, that's, that's the thing that makes me frustrated at watching DeAndre kind of, it feels like be constrained by the system a little bit. I think he has had a little bit of bad luck that, that, he hasn't been able to finish at the rim over the last four or five games as frequently as it feels like he should. Um, but there is a – how is the system not using his skills more frequently because when he, they, he does get a chance to use him, he is very clearly the most talented player on the floor. And before we get to Darns to tell us uh, why we're all crazy, uh, which I assume is coming, I would say that this is probably a reflection more of the Clemson game rather than the BC game. Because uh, he did get his scoring in the BC game, yeah. and it was almost like, you know, that's what we want, and maybe we're just spoiled. We, he doesn't need to really score 18, 20, whatever points a game. Um, and not to be passist, but in, he, he took 10 shots total against Clemson and he took 11 shots total against Boston College so this goes back to the Mike Scott thing that we all had a problem with eight years ago when he wasn't being voted on all ACC he just doesn't there's not enough enough possessions to go around anyways I agree they should dribble more with Caroline <laughs> why should we not be concerned because I think we're putting these the, the hype machine with Dre 
I think has created this strange illusion around him about what we should be seeing. And I don't know. I agree to some extent with, with the assessments regarding like, I, I think there have been a lot of major changes and I do think there's been actually more ISO type setup or that they have like Dre has a green light to take a dude one-on-one if he has him. Like, I don't think that, there's no doubt in my mind, at least that he would be able to do that without like repercussion, whatever. Um, but he's just not – I don't know. I, I, they're never going to be the team that just has – if he's hot, they'll defer to him. If he's hot, he'll take it. I just don't know. Like, I'm not super concerned. His shot has looked better after that little stretch where he had a lull. Um, and honestly, I've looked at it a couple times and been like, I don't know necessarily. Maybe he's not ready for the NBA next year. Maybe he comes back. Because and it's not in the sense of like he's extremely talented and skilled. I'm not deluding myself to the point where I'm like he's coming back. But he's a he's a very low key guy. He's very when you talk to him, he's happy to defer to his teammates if the teammate is hot. And maybe people will be upset that he lacks that like killer instinct and go for the jugular. But his shots looking better. He does take it to the hoop. Like yeah, I would definitely agree that Clemson was different. For him, Clemson is a better defensive team. I don't know. I think he's still growing and learning. He's still a second year. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think we've put so much as a fan base on him, like what we expect from him, that when he's not scoring 25 points a game because we've all imagined him to be this, like, high-flying, Zion-esque, 360 dunks, like, oh, he's doing all these things, lottery pick, and when he doesn't do them, we're like, what's wrong with him? Even if though he's having – a solid start to the season. I mean, he's shooting well. He's good at the line. He's rebounding. I don't, you know, he's averaging 14 and five. Like, sure, sure. That's yeah, good. He, in, in, in our the system. Of the two games, he still had 12 points. Like that's, yeah. You know, like, I don't know why we're, like I said, yeah, we're, we're spoiled in, in how we viewed the Boston college game as like a viewing experience as a fan. Like my, I think you're right. My, my expectation of, of, Dre is so high that I'm like, man, he's really playing off and he's had double figures. Like, he's still scoring in double figures even with the slow pass. To me, it's more not the numbers and, and the, the, the impact uh, these make statistically, but the fact that in, in watching these games, I, I haven't seen the team turn to him yet much I mean you know there were little flashes here and there where he would go on a run and I think we were expecting more of that type of feel at least offensively this year after what he did last year which there were many games where it felt like they were turning to Dre to save the game or to win yeah, the but game. Those were, yeah, those were also later in the season that we learned he was capable of doing that. So maybe right. there really hasn't we were been... Anticipating right, that but there continue. hasn't been a situation really too much. Honestly, my biggest thing with him isn't his aggressiveness or shooting or whatever. Is like I need him to be more careful with his fouls. He's an outstanding mm-hmm. defender, and he's actually spent a lot more time than I think we... And we know... and can have takes on whether or not we agree on the two fouls in the first half gets you sent right to the bench, but he spent a fair amount of time do not a fair amount. I, you know what I mean? Like it's happened a couple of times where he's gone mm-hmm. straight to the bench um, with two fouls in the first half. And so that's my biggest thing would be, I'd love to see him be more careful and not careful, but 
be cognizant of that in the first half and not run into some of those foul trouble issues, mm-hmm. but there also haven't really been too many situations. They really Maybe. haven't had their backs to the wall. Yeah, like where we've demanded yeah. someone to create a shot. Even if you want to say like, okay, Clemson was within two. He made some – he hit the first shot when it was two points to make it five, and then Jay comes in. You know what I mean? Like mm. he has hit some shots that were important. Um there just haven't been any really drastic situations in which we've been like, we need a hero. Dre, yeah, where yeah, are yeah. you? You know what I mean? So maybe it's like, I don't know. We'll see. It, the, I think this week will be huge because it's the best teams that they've played so far. So, or matches at least with Tech Absolutely. being number nine and FSU being number nine. Well, let's get to the matches this week. Uh, we've got the Hokies coming to town. Uh, they won here to town. Uh, they look like a solid to t- decent to good uh, squad this year. And certainly the rankings are showing that it's, it's fun that it's a top 10 game. I mean, it's uh, I think something very few people would have anticipated a few years ago, uh, that this Commonwealth clash yeah. in this sport or any sport <laughs> would be a top 10 <laughs> matchup. Uh, I mean, I think we've talked a little bit about it a few weeks here and there on the podcast. I think looking at Virginia Tech, it really is noticeable that it's a team designed in its strengths and personnel, whether it be on purpose or it just happens to be their strengths and personnel. It is the type of team that gives the pack line trouble. Uh, whether that be why you know these games have gone to overtime uh, against them in recent years, uh, or or you know Virginia Tech being easily the ACC team with the best success against Virginia basketball in recent years, this this might be the best Tech team of those strengths outside shooting. You know Robinson getting uh, past his first guy to make the pack line collapse. Um, you know, they've got their weaknesses. They looked like garbage against Georgia Tech, that's for sure. Oh, oh my, my God, God, that was a terrible game to watch, and that I watched all of it. Trash. <laughs> if it weren't for Wes Durham and Corey Alexander on that call, I would have turned that off way earlier. <laughs> <laughs> they, they saved that to stay long enough watching it to see if Georgia Tech could pull off the upset. Spoiler alert, they could not. It was a Ooh. clinic no, on, how to, on how to, like, throw away a game at the end. It was unbelievable. Anyway. Mm. But what do you guys see uh, with the Hokie squad that, that's coming to town? I, I think it's uh, – well, I'll, I'll get to what I want to say in a second. What, what are your impressions uh, so far? So I think everybody is keying on Virginia Tech's offense because Ken Palm has them ranked as the eighth most um, efficient offense in basketball right now and to the fifth best um, three-point percentage, three percentage team in the country right now. But mm. if you take a look at their out-of-conference schedule, it was garbage. Outside, they played Purdue um, on the neutral court game in Charleston, and then they lost to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Outside, of that, outside of that, their other best game was Washington, who is 43rd in Kempom, and they played them on a neutral court. Granted, mm-hmm. they won those games outside of the Penn State game, so I'm not going to take that away from them. They did okay. But if you look at conference play, and all they've only played Notre Dame, BC, and Georgia Tech, who are none of those teams are going to challenge anybody in the ACC likely this year, mm-hmm. except Georgia Tech winning at Q's. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> if you look at the conference play, they're over the first three games, they're eighth in the conference in three point percentage right now. They 
and they're the they're actually the slowest team according to Ken Palm in tempo. Mm. So what? yeah, they they have a sixty two point eight tempo, whereas I'd have to I can't pull it up right now, but they're actually slower than than Virginia is right now, which is amazing. I like I, <laughs> I clicked on that. I saw fifteen. I was like, wait, does fifteen mean they're the fastest? <laughs> then I, I rushed to the Virginia page and saw that Virginia was fourteen. So I said, what? But yeah, I mean they. They have the least amount of turnovers in conference play so far, so they've got that going for them. But mm-hmm. I just I think they are boosted by their out of conference schedule right now, and I'm certainly hoping Virginia wins, and hopefully they don't look over over the game. But I'm less concerned than the rankings suggest I should be. That's fair. I I actually think that that their style of play dovetails really well with what we were just talking about with DeAndre that mm-hmm. their switch to the different their their different zone looks i think zone looks are what gives deandre the best chance for success because yeah. it puts him in a position that he's he's got a quasi iso on if, yeah. if they plan him at yeah, the free yeah. throw, sort of at that free throw line that's that it was against syracuse last year that was really his coming out party this guy is is somebody that can be and should be a major part of the offense um so I think it's something that the, the Virginia Tech game could be a really good chance for DeAndre to showcase, again, what makes him special. You know, being able to ball handle against a big, being able to defend against their athletic guards um, puts him in, a, in, a, in, I think, a really good spot. Because Tech does give up a fair amount of um, three-point shooting. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that being able to – either whether that's – DeAndre shooting it himself or um, being in the middle of the zone and finding Kyle and Ty or Jay Huff, hopefully not, <laughs> yes. not Kihei on the outside. And then um, for more alley-oops. And then he for made all- one. <laughs> yes. Blind squirrels do find acorns. Um, so anyways, I think, I think the, the other nuts as well. <laughs> The concept of DeAndre at the foul line, Mamadi on the baseline against a zone defense is very intriguing to me. Yeah. I look to that very much. We can call that the Brogdon spot uh, from now on. Um, I'd be fine with that, that position in the zone. But I, I think it, for the sake of um, my own amusement, I want to see Jay Huff there too. Tech, oh, is really, <laughs> tech tech has tech one guy who's six and no yeah, one else. They have a really this could be a great this could be a great Jay Huff game. Yeah. Black like, Shears, I feel like Kerry Blackshear would snap up in half. Blackshear's a great player, but he gets in yeah. trouble and there's only one of them him. Yeah. There, there's yeah. no one else that size on the tech roster. And they don't – I think their second tallest guy doesn't play. Uh, you know, they're playing um, their best player, Nakiel Walker, uh, whatever his name is, Alexander, Alexander Walker. Walker. Um, yeah. You know, at the four, or playing this four-guard lineup a lot. I thought, I mean, the, the front court could dominate. And, I, and maybe that means they stick to the zone for that reason. Uh, but I'm I think sure they're going to lose by 15 now. <laughs> well, you know, the, lose by 15? yeah, UVA is definitely losing on tomorrow night, no doubt. I, I <laughs> am per, per, always nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> you know? that's like and, and particularly about ga- games like this, um, you know, the the, the heartstring games, uh, so to speak. And just like the FSU game, the 
the prognosticators and the data says that UVA is going to win. Um, and Vegas is super confident. Nine and um, a half points. That. Nine and a half point spread. That's bonkers. Yeah. And I'm Vegas curious. is way better at this than I am. Just, <laughs> just way better. <laughs> I'm really, really curious to see what the biggest thing for me is like Kerry Blackshear is actually, I think, a really t- he's a, he has nice moves in the post and he can finish down low. But he's only six ten, and Virginia has guys that are that tall or taller that have been good in the last few games, especially defensively. If you're looking at Jack, Mamadi has gotten much better defensively. Both of those guys are rim protectors or and throwing in Jay Huff. Um, the biggest thing for me is going to be don't let him it's going to be kind of like a hap situation. Like don't let him kick out to good three point shooters. Right. I don't want like, to double you them. Cannot, yeah. You cannot right. continually collapse or allow them to get many, if any, I, I won't say any, because obviously that's the point, but um, any like offensive rebounds that keep weird possessions alive that lead to broken plays and open threes for guys like Justin Robinson and Alexander Walker and Ahmed Hill. Yeah. yeah Med Hill's been hitting them. And it's not even actually Justin Robinson this year. He's only shooting 37% from outside. But Hill and, like you said, Outlaw, um, they have a guy named Isaiah Wilkins, which I feel like we should have been allowed to, like, block. You know what I mean? Like, that's just – it's wrong. Like, that kid's probably going to – transfer portal and stopped it. Yeah, like, that kid's probably going to score a bucket tomorrow night, and it's going to break my soul to hear them say, like, Isaiah Wilkins, and it put points on the board for that. Oh, I just can't. It's weird. But I think that's going to be the biggest thing is keeping them out of those weird three-point situations um, and make them beat a Virginia inside. On the other end, I can't tell how good their defense is. They're guys that like to get up in your body and, like, get real handsy. Um, but I don't know. Like, you have to shoot well and shoot over them statistically the defense is good but it it certainly can uh, be influenced like but will was saying that they haven't really played a lot of good teams yet no they haven't and georgia tech was almost able if georgia tech didn't like consistently and repeatedly shoot themselves in the foot with a shotgun like georgia tech the only times they missed were when they messed up (laughs) like they were able like jose alvarado got great shots like they were able to make stuff happen. So. Oh, they, they were missing open looks. Tech wasn't doing anything yeah. to stop them. Yeah, and BC, honestly, BC was in that game at Tech. Mm-hmm. Like, they were scoring. Like, it wasn't a, a huge blowout or a game that Tech comfortably controlled the entire game despite winning by 11. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like so Florida State's defense has had better – has still, even after the our, – our game against them has better numbers than tech's defense. And I feel like that's a fairly apt comparison in a lot of ways that it's, it's the same sort of, we are aggressive. That is our brand sort of approach to the Mm. game that feast off turnovers, all of those cliches that when it's not working for them, when the thing that they need to make their offense go isn't there, we can't, you know, I, I, I've, I, that is my sort of best case scenario is that UVA plays tech the same kind of the same way they played Florida state and what looks to be a, a sort of just matchup problems everywhere turns out to be because Virginia takes care of the ball and is efficient and careful and, and methodical on offense. Uh, 
um, it screws up how Virginia Tech sparks the rest of its game and it become you know it's it's like we've seen against Carolina the last few years that you know the the Carolina doesn't know how to play slow and when they have to play slow and and can't get out in transition and can't get offensive rebounds they end up losing to Virginia yeah. over and over and over again so I, that's that's my best case scenario is it turns out like Florida State this year or Carolina either the last two years I think that's spot on we gotta talk Duke, Duke a little bit um uh, because we're not going to record. Have you guys heard about this Zion Williamson guy? <laughs> mm, tell me no, more. That's a weird name. <laughs> no, I, that's all I want to know. <laughs> not really. I don't think there's many highlights <laughs> of it. And he's not very popular on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah, Duke, number one. They're actually, at time of recording, they're in a dogfight with Syracuse. And one of the biggest things to develop as we're watching, as we're recording, is Trey Jones left the game with an oh. apparent shoulder injury. Oh. Here's, uh, he is the – I think he is the most important player on that team. Hands, in my opinion, he is hands down the most important player on that team because he is the facilitator of – he's the facilitator, the stir, the straw stir, whatever you want to say, of <laughs> the superstars that they have on the court. Like, there's Are three you doing guys. the tightest thing where you take the second best player and say he's the best player? <laughs> I said he's the most important. <laughs> I didn't say yes. he was the best player. He's, the he's also not the second best player. <laughs> yeah, he's also true. not the third best player. <laughs> so, um, but when he's not there, they don't have – he's dishing out like six-plus assists a game or something like that. Like he's, oh, Yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, he's, and they're struggling right now. They just like up, his brother. Yeah. <laughs> very flashbacks. Um, he's not as good of a shooter as his brother. Um but he's still a good shooter. He's not like a bat. Like he can, but he doesn't like drill threes like the nightmares of when Tyus took us down in uh, JPJ. Sure he'll learn how to before. Yeah, he's got time until February 9th. Yeah. <laughs> he's got time to rehabilitate the shoulder. No, and we don't know the extent of the injury, but that is a huge piece of the game on Saturday. Absolutely. Because if he's not there, then they're relying on Jordan Goldwire, or Alex O'Connell, or something. You know, like while the big guys can still bring the ball down, that's not their primary role for what they've been doing. Yeah. I think the issue with, with Williamson is he's a a much different type of player um, at that position than the Duke teams that Virginia has uh, played tight or, or beat uh, obviously recently. Um, You know, he he doesn't play like Bagley uh, or or Carter. Uh, I say he plays, he plays much more like Carter than, than Bagley uh, in that he has a physical presence that just can't be he's like a mix denied. Of I mean, he's, he yeah. is unbelievable. He is a yeah. spectacle. Unreal. I'm sure most people who've been uh, listening to this have watched him. And if you haven't, uh, you, you really owe it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it is something else. Uh, as much as we all want to hate Duke and, and do hate Duke, uh, you, you know, watching the kid play is is very different uh than than anyone else i've watched in a long time so can the who's you know uh keep him at bay and you know is it one of those things where you let him get his and shut you know try and keep uh the other guys uh barrett and uh reddish uh from getting theirs i I don't know it certainly is a difficult 
prospect, but we've seen Gonzaga do it, and we've seen FSU play him really tough. Uh, I know the transitive except property. For the guarding, except for the guarding reddish. Right. Yeah, it, that would be my bait. My first thing would be like, don't let any of those shooters be that wide open is my first yeah, and And UVA plays a disciplined defense you wonder was fsu succeeding overall because they play a hyper aggressive physical maybe at times undisciplined defense you know were were there things to be gained by by the type of style that the fsu throws out even though that style obviously didn't help them against the who's Zion also didn't play in the second half of that game true enough so i think the game plan needs to be take out their best freshman i hope that uh Trey Jones doesn't play, and they have to rely on uh, the second-string freshmen that have come in. <laughs> the next. This is star. this is the reason he gave Castro the scholarship was to come in and just get his eye poke Williamson in the eyes and go watch from the locker room. <laughs> oh, goodness. if this actually happens, That's terrible. That's never gonna happen. Don't even. Say <laughs> of course, it's not gonna happen. Um, It'll just be interesting. Everyone, I think it, this game is rightfully being talked up. I mean, the commentators for ESPNU or whatever were trying to ask Tony about it after the Boston College game. Like, what do you have to do to tighten up to take, you know, take down Duke? Which, one, is just extremely unprofessional of a question to ask a coach. Like, they would never ask Kay that, that far out, like, what he has to do to take down Tony. Whatever. That, that's its own thing. But, um I mean, it's rightfully a game. Yeah, it's rightfully a game that people are looking forward to. And game day is going to be there the first game day of the year. Um, As we know, KJ Mora from UMBC is going to be there. Did anyone ever confirm? Like, have they followed up with that? No, I haven't seen anything else about it since they hit. They hit the money goal, but other than yeah, but you know. I want to know if they built in a little bit extra to get them one of these $730 tickets it's going to cost again. Um, but it's honestly, you know, Virginia could easily lose the game. Obviously, none of us want that, and I think that this team is good enough to beat Duke, um, but there might be one of those things where they split. Um, I don't know. I, I have absolutely no idea what to expect from this game. Yeah, I mean, like I said last week, if they take care of business uh, against Virginia Tech, having already done it against Boston College and Clemson, uh, this stretch, we thought if they went three and four, we're all taking it uh, for sure. Uh, as long as they don't get you know embarrassed or injured, it won't really bother me if they don't pull it out in Durham. But of course, we'd love to see it. Of course, that's what we Isn't want to have. Happen. I want a dub. Yeah, are you predicting a dub? No, I'm predicting a terrible loss in both games, but I'm just hoping <laughs> for a dub. <laughs> Your heart tells you uh, the, the who's are going 0-2 this week. Yeah. You've just heart, been mind, down, body, and soul. battered. <laughs> you are the antithesis to our Caroline's optimism. <laughs> Caroline. Dumb, and they bring you nothing but pain. That's, That's what true. you have to accept. Oh. Really, you just have to be uh, a, a fan of a team so bad that you don't feel pain anymore, and that's the Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, UVA sports is getting there. But uh, <laughs> anybody predicting a W in Durham? Yeah. No, you're not. Oh. 
I don't know. Let wait. Let's wait and see if Trey Jones is playing. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do it. You, you generally, need, you I, generally I, need two shoulders to play basketball. So <laughs> I actually think they are going to win. I whoa. think. Whoa. I think. Uh, I. I think these freshmen have never seen a zone uh, defense like UVA is going to play. They're struggling right now, somewhat with the zone. Obviously, they're getting their points, but. Uh, Syracuse playing, playing it with them, and Syracuse is no Virginia. I think if they're able to stop the fast break, which is what Duke wants to do constantly, I think they can do it. I mean, Duke is huge. Like, physically, they are large people. Yes. Which is a problem when, when you have Kihei Clark. I, I hope to see him guard Zion at some point in time, but just to, <laughs> just to point and laugh at the TV. But I think, I think they struggle. I think UVA gets a six-point victory. All right. I, I can like see – I have this weird feeling about this season because this team is – Virginia is so good. And – You think they'll go really well in the regular season and then the tournament's going to come and let down what happens? I don't – Never heard of that one, Caroline. I that is unique. <laughs> I just have this feel like they're going to – they're just good enough and they keep winning whether or not – I whatever happens, I look at stuff and I'm like, well, it could be blah, blah, blah. It could be this. And I look at it and I'm like – I, I they what Duke does really well with is live ball turnovers, mm-hmm. and Virginia doesn't do a dumb, a ton of that. Obviously, they force a lot of turnovers and they force blocks and like all that stuff. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like everyone loves the something's got to give. Like they like to run, we like to slow it down. They feast off turnovers. We don't turn it over, and so all of the things that I thought had to go Virginia's way to get a win against Florida State clearly went Virginia's way, and they got a win against Florida State, and I could see something similar happening in Durham. I kind of like that's got to start breaking the other way at some point, right? Like, right? I fully believe in regression to the mean. usually in March. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I feel like is that even Late the March. mean anymore? Mid-March? Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, they just keep winning, and they yeah. win convincingly and they're really good and the numbers show they're really good and so I kind of think they're going to go 2-0 and and then they'll be number one then I'll want to vomit and it'll just be a whole thing it'll be fun I can't wait I, like it. Who I think a, a big key um, that we haven't picked up yet uh, which might actually tie into our big key uh, Braxton is yeah. uh, the offensive rebounding that Duke gave up to FSU they look yeah. like FSU could just toss it off the backboard and FSU's got what eight guys who are 6'10 and taller mm-hmm. and, and can catch those and, and put them in I think if UVA's front court can get enough production uh, and maybe even get you know somebody like Zion in foul trouble potentially. Uh, then there's a big a big bonus and, and something that would keep in the game. I do think UVA will take care of the ball enough that it won't be a huge factor. Um, certainly Duke will get some of that, but I don't think that's going to be the story of the game. UVA has shown that they won't let that be the story of the game very often. But can they rely on something other than hitting outside shots? Because sometimes those aren't there. Uh, I don't know. I think that if they if they find a way to score in the paint, uh, which we've seen that the Blue Devils will give up, UVA certainly would have a good chance. Should be fun. But uh, that's on Saturday. Stay tuned to uh, some more preview for Tuesday's game against uh, Virginia Tech. And certainly uh, plenty of things coming before Saturday's game. And we'll all watch game day together and we'll chat about it on the blog. Uh, But until then, for my three other amigos here, I'm Pierce. Read the blog. Go Hoos.
iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier. Registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated.